Hello, this is Demi. Hello, this is Magda. And together we are Hats on Taps. Welcome back to another episode. So after quite heavy episode about terminology, we are thinking it might be a good idea to put them in use. So what if you would like to explore different styles when you know uh, what the description of uh, different cans and bottles is. And we are thinking to present some solid examples in different basic styles uh, that you might like to try out. So we decided to pick up some uh, quite famous beers that we are thinking, hoping that they might be easily available and uh, present our favorite picks. Exactly as you say, Magda. Uh, now we made some uh, categories. Uh, we have picked some uh, beers that we've personally had and we think that they are good representatives of their style and they can give you an idea of uh, what's, uh, what you're going to taste in every kind. Yeah, it's beers that we, we swear by. Yes. Uh, shall we start with the basic, I would say? Uh, so a lager which is quite difficult category because this market is definitely dominated by macro breweries. So the first uh, lager uh, we could present to you is by Brutal Brewing. It's called uh, Piston Head Flat Tire, which can be a little bit confusing because there is a beer called, called Fat Tire, which is super popular, but it's not a lager. This is Flat Tire, flat. And it is uh, very basic but at the same time solid beer. It's uh, slightly citrusy with some tropical fruits uh, but at the same time it's very well balanced so it, it is slightly citrusy, slightly bitter but then also uh, very smooth uh, without an uh, over inflated head. Yes we were a bit confused when uh, discussing earlier our picks uh, like is it is it gonna be fat tire or flat tire? And <laughs> I remember drinking uh, fat tire, which is not the beer that Magda just said, and characterizing it as being flat because I didn't like it. it just became <laughs> more confusing. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, but we solved it. Yes, we solved it. Uh, the example I have is um, a, a legendary beer that is called uh, Anchor Steam. And it's uh, one of the first uh, breweries that uh, uh, started with, uh, with craft brewing. It comes from San Francisco. We'd say that um, it's an amber rich lager, so darker color than your uh, standard lager uh, that you expect with, uh, with a maltier, uh, more full body and flavor. And uh, the way I learned this beer back uh, some years ago when I had no idea about any other beer than lager, my flatmate Daniel was drinking this beer all the time. Uh, whenever he was going to drink a beer, he was studying hard that time and uh, th those <laughs> days and uh, I would do beer deliveries to him. So he would always ask oh. for loads of Anchor Steam from, from the store here and I would deliver them to his door. And that's how I learned about oh. my first other kind of beer. Oh, such a good friend. <laughs> yes, beer deliveries. Uh, and this way we are moving away from those very 
standard examples of loggers because another one that I found is not straightforward lager. It's already characterized by calling it India Pale Lager and it's American Dream by Mikeller. Mm -hmm. So it has this golden body with medium of white head, but then it has some aromas of apricot, grapefruit and peach, and uh, it is turning a little bit darker. So it is already on the verge of different categories. It's again, uh, very good to try out if you want to explore uh, lagers in depth, but with that uh, asterisk that it's not exactly straightforward lager. Mm, it's like a transition piece, which leads to, to pale ales and IPAs now. Um, yes, so um, I had one sentimental example uh, that I forced Demi to let me take that one. Um, it's a Polish brewery that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, it's called Inne Beczki. Um, so like different or another barrels. Uh, and they are a um, craft brewery from Warsaw, if I remember correctly, or at least they are super popular in Warsaw, but mm -hmm. nowhere else. That beer is called uh, Zisu, Apa. And here I want to give a shout out to my uh, friend uh, Piotr, who is a crazy fan of that beer, where we could go to a bar only where they serve this beer. Otherwise, he wouldn't go. Uh, and um, for me, it was a standard category. It would go either for I um, IPAs, so India Paleas, or American Paleas. Mm -hmm. uh, and this one has this uh, APA in the name. So for me, I when I came to Sweden, I thought it's like a separate category and then everything uh, became more uh, blurred. But uh, yes, I think uh, if you want to have straightforward American Pale Ale, go to Poland and try this beer. Next time in Poland, we're drinking beer. We're not drinking vodka, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One classic uh, beer I want to mention again is um, Sierra Nevada. Pale ale. I think uh, this is the first pale ale that comes to everyone's mind. It's like a defining piece and it's characterized by its uh, amber color and it's, um, it's quite full bodied and it's so easy to drink loads of, of uh, pints of, of this beer and it's been produced for decades now. Um, they will always produce it and it's always going to be the most famous beer from Sierra Nevada. They're a very good brewery all in all, but uh, uh, this is this might be what started an IPA trend. What do you have next? <laughs> uh, so when we uh, go into IPAs, uh, of course, we have different subcategories. We're not going to uh, dwell into that too much. So for me, one of the basics IPAs that is good to try when you just want to start with something uh, simple in this uh, in this area would be Modus Operandi uh, by Ska Brewing. It is a mix of uh, citrus and pine, um, <laughs> as, and, as they say, that will remind you of the time you went on a vision quest with your Native American cousin and you woke up in a pine grove full of grapefruit trees. I don't know if that's a normal thing that happens in America, uh, but definitely this is a good American uh, beer. It's American style India Pele with a golden orange uh, color. It's bitter and hoppy uh, and it's... Um, 
having a slightly su a su a surprisingly uh, smooth at uh, the end. Very good example in the IPA category. Very cool beer indeed. And I would like to add to that, uh, it has um, a gluten-free uh, version that is uh, right. very, very good. And also it has a, a mandarin version. So it's, uh, it's more citrusy, more orangey, uh, if you are into that. And uh, an uh, analogical example to this is, uh, of course, Brewdog. And uh, from Brewdog, we have, of course, Punk IPA, another defining uh, IPA. You find it everywhere these days, I think, all around the world. This is the first uh, IPA that crosses your mind. Uh, very light, easy to drink. I have associated it with... Uh, with drinking in the summer, but being a bit more hipstery than your other friends. And um, as with, with ska brewing, uh, an alternative to that, if you're into orange like me, then I suggest Clockwork Tangerine. It's a session IPA. So a bit lighter than, uh, than punk IPA and with loads of, of uh, tangerine flavor in it. Personally, for me, this has become my standard beer if I don't want to think about what I'm drinking uh, for, a, for a party, for an occasion that you have to sessionally drink. This is what I go for. Exactly. I remember that whenever we went to System get together, we always buy something new, but this is the one that you would go first to pick up. And we're like, okay, in case I don't have any, anything else to drink, I always have that one. So I remember that it was always your go-to beer when, yeah, as you said, you didn't want to think of something special to take. Yeah. So yeah, this is a, definitely a good example. Like, I know it sounds alcoholic, but... Uh... It's like my Fanta, like I don't no. think about it. <laughs> Not alcoholic at all. No, no, no. Um, then on the, my side, an IPA to go is as something associated with certain brewery. Amundsen Brewery was, I already talked about it in one of our previous podcasts that uh, it was the first brewery that I tasted in Sweden. And then I learned that basically anything that they do with IPAs is always a good choice mm. so yeah uh Admonson brewery uh, they are doing very good basic ipas and also double ipas or new england ipas or double new england ipas so just to mention a few the basic ipa will be for example ink and dagger uh, from new england ipa i could recommend apocalyptic uh, thunder juice and from double england ipa uh, it will be double apocalypse. So they are all very good uh, choices. What I might recommend, and if you want something a little bit more creamy and not that hoppy, would be those New England IPAs examples. But still, if you want to explore the whole uh, range of IPAs, uh, Almondson Brewery is a very good uh, place to go. I agree. And uh, when you look at an Amundsen shelf, you will probably be very dazzled by all this um, <laughs> yes. psychedelic, a bit shiny, very colorful artwork. But be sure that you're not only picking a, a very pretty can, but also uh, the content is always reliable. Exactly. Another very good, bit tropical, fruity, light IPA easy easy to drink uh, i would mention faith by northern monk uh you know at this point how much i love northern monk but uh, i think <laughs> this one uh, is 
at this point very um, very common to find in uh, in England at least like as common as finding Brewdog um, and it's a hazy pale ale easy to drink with a meal uh, like for example my friend in England he bought a 24 pack and who's having one every day <laughs> so yeah a relaxed very good juicy beer mm-hmm and then if you're in Sweden, especially in the Jutebori, uh, I think a good brewery to explore uh, for session IPAs might be Birbliotek. For example, uh, one that I remember was uh, a moment of clarity. It was, uh, again, like good, basic uh, and solid example from uh, the India uh, session ale example. So, so something that is um, accessible to everyone and for me, as I understand it, is also suitable to different uh, levels of taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, from uh, from the US, we have two big craft breweries that are very strong on IPA. And uh, we're not going to mention specific examples now, but they are kings on IPA. Uh, it's Stone Brewing and, uh, and Ballast Point. And uh, from Ballast Point, it would be Sculpin, uh, specifically. It, call, it comes in different versions, like with grapefruit, with, uh, with other fruits. But uh, this is always a good one. It's apricot, peachy, a uh, bit of mango in it. And again, from US, uh, of course, we should mention Lagunitas. Everybody knows Lagunitas. And one I suggest is the little something something ale, which is something between an IPA and a wheat ale. You have the hops, so a little bit of bitterness at the same time with this fruity taste that wheat ales uh, give out. And uh, one of uh, my examples that I thought of, it's uh, it cannot get any more clear. A beer called Ipa from Frau Gruber Brewing. It's, uh, It's a New England IPA and I remember that this beer was it, it was balanced in a fantastic way. Everything was good. It wasn't too hoppy. It wasn't too creamy. It it was just yeah yeah. Uh, Frau Gruber is from Germany, and uh, yeah, they are very distinctively talented with IPAs, and they they come up with very ingenious names and uh, interesting cans. So overall, um, a very good experience. Yes. So for example, if you're uh, listening to this episode around January and February, you might still find their double um, IPA called Hopslayer. Again, this is an example of a fantastic uh, can and it's a collab with Duck Pond. Uh, And for me, they always go well together, Uh, not necessarily because they do a collab, but because we uh, when we do tasting Somehow it happens that we always get at least one beer from Duck Pond and one from uh, Frau uh, Gruber. Um, so yeah, it's uh, one of the most uh, recent beers uh, that I tasted and I was in that phase, oh, I'm so tired of IPAs, but yeah, this is like not a problem. I can have that one. Yeah, It's a fresh breath on IPA and they're relatively new, I think, as a, as a brewery. Are we ready to move to the sour side? Uh, yes, definitely. I thought of two examples that I think might be suitable for someone who uh, is afraid of the hops and bitterness and like maybe something that is uh, 
slightly sweet. So for example, from Pang Pang Brewery, it's a peach pusher and a mango habanero pusher or pusher. I'm still not sure. Probably every person pronounced it differently. So But you I will remember... recognize it because it has the finger guns. Exactly. So also very smart uh, design of the cans. Um, and for me, they were very similar when it comes to uh, the experience that I got. So I was after uh, the discovery of the milkshake IPAs, and this is something uh, the closest to it, even though it's still sour, like it's categorized as sour IPA, it was uh, definitely way more creamy than uh, a typical IPA. And again, this uh, distinctive fruit that is supposed to be represented in that beer, it was definitely there. So very good for someone who would like to have something that is uh, fruity, creamy, but still an IPA. Yes, like it's a good transition piece. If uh, you're not quite ready for sours like myself, it's good to, to start with a sour IPA. It combines both styles and it's, it's easier to, to understand. I would like to mention from uh, proper sour beers now, a beer called Days of Creation from uh, Thornbridge from, from England. Um, and this is a special category of beers that is, is barrel-aged sour. So this one is like a sour red ale with raspberries. It's, it's a special taste, not for everyone, but it's, it's a strong experience and it's worth trying it out. And you can, you can tell for yourself. And these beers are like, they're luxurious. They're in a big bottle. And it's a special moment to, to, to try it. And uh, sticking to the, to the big luxurious bottles, then we have uh, beer, sour beers from the Lost Abbey, which is from the US, but they specialize in, uh, in Belgian sour beers. So they develop sour beers with wild yeast, very fruity with different combinations. Hmm. All right, uh, so I would present something for a more working class. And here, uh, especially again, if you're in Sweden, I would recommend uh, checking two breweries out. The first one is Fermenterna and the second one is Duges. Fermenterna is a classic choice of sour uh, beers. They have, for example, a, a cherry espresso one, a second squeeze black sour, Miss Maplelicious, uh, Sweet Passion Dreams, uh, blah, blah, blah. They have taken probably all of the possible fruits and turned them sour and sometimes in very exotic combinations like the one with espresso, with, with which I remember you were a little bit judging me for choosing that one for one of our tastings. But at the same time, for example, Miss Maplelicious is a huge hit because it, it, can, uh, it gives you all that pleasure from sourness, but at the same time, it has this very distinctive flavor of maple syrup. And who doesn't like maple syrup? Yes, that one is amazing. And Fermenterna, again, is a, is a new brewery. Uh, it's a microbrewery, but they've been so productive, like especially I think in the summers, they put out so many different uh, fruity sour beers, like it's difficult to keep track. So yeah, amazing job. Yeah, so maybe a few examples from uh, Duguess. Uh, I could mention uh, Black Current, Du Sour, uh, Tropic Thunder. 
mango, mango, mango. So they don't have uh, that many uh, crazy combinations, but they go very strongly into either one flavor or fruits that are from the same category. So for example, all the tropic uh, uh, fruits in one beer. So definitely those two breweries uh, are worth recommending if you like sour. Exactly. And one, one last uh, brewery from Sweden. We would like to mention Temple here from Uppsala. Uh, they specialize in sour beers. For a long time, I thought they only make sour beer. And this, uh, this was my way into sour beers, how I trained myself by trying again, again and again their products, because they're also very productive. I have a personal favorite, but I'm not going to mention it here because it might be a bit hard to find. But I think a very distinctive beer they have for its style is isotonic, which is a goze. And uh, it's the typical goze recipe. So you will find coriander and salt in it. And uh, you will understand exactly what, what goze is and if that's something for you or not. Nice. Okay. Uh, thank you for that recommendation. It's it's always good to know also the very basic gossip because they can get very crazy as well. Yes, sour uh, beer is scary. <laughs> Shall we move to the dark side? Dark side. Yes, okay. Uh, too much Star Wars recently. Okay, I guess are we starting with my dog, aka Porter? Yes, this this is your part. Okay, so at least <clears throat> let me prepare myself then. I, I would like to start with uh, two very good examples of porter that doesn't distract you with any additional flavor. Not that there is anything wrong with that, but maybe you want to start with the beginning. So for me, I'll go for uh, Einstock, Icelandic uh, toasted porter. They have a couple of different versions of that. The one that I would like to recommend has a black label. It's, um, it has this coffee flavor. It is slightly toasted, but that's there. And this is all you really need. And a very similar one to it, it's a beer called Stranger Than Fiction from Collective Arts Brewing. So again, it is slightly roasted. Uh, it has some uh, hints of molasses, so it goes slightly more uh, sweeter and has some chocolate hints, but again, nothing else is distracting you there. Do you have any flavorful examples, Demi? Mm, I have to mention Victorietzi by Ballast Point. Do you agree? Yes, this is fantastic beer. Oh, I had it a couple of times. I think it's such a smooth porter, like it's just the right amount of sweetness and it has it has vanilla in it. It has um, coffee, but it's all in the right amount. Again, a winning beer is when you come back again and again on it and you don't feel overwhelmed and like you had too much. And this is exactly what it is. Definitely. So this flavors of coffee, vanilla, peanut butter, doses. Those are the flavors that we love. And there is one more ingredient that we have a sweet, sweet spot for it, which is coconut. So I think this is a good place to mention a beer called Death by Coconut by Oscar Blues Brewery. Again, very famous beer. Uh, so it is all about that coconut. I remember that we had the slightly different opinions about it at the beginning. Like for you, it was 
a supernatural coconut, while for me it was completely the opposite. But I remember when I tried it again and again, it developed more flavors and more layers. So definitely this uh, beer grew on me, but maybe again, I was on the way to get there. So if you're following our path, maybe also this is good uh, example to leave maybe at, um, at for a later tasting. Are we moving on to brown ale? Uh, yes, Demi, I believe this is your category. Well, there's not uh, that much I have picked here, but uh, just two examples quickly. We both really liked uh, Frangelic Mountain Brown from Founders. Oh, I have a um, very good picture of you when you're <laughs> drinking that beer. Really? Maybe we can publish it at some point. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and this beer is coffee infused. It has hazelnut, which is amazing, very aromatic, sweet and nutty. And these flavors just blend together and it's, it's so smooth. It's amazing. You have to try this one. And it's, yeah. it's a beer that is always out and around. So it doesn't matter where you're located, you're going to find this one. And the second example is a brewery from Norway, Nogne O, Imperial Brown Ale. It's malty, it's uh, uh, this darker, nice, uh, rich color uh, with uh, a lot of caramel notes to it, but also somehow fruity. Uh, these are my two recommendations. And uh, I think it's time for stout. Yes, and this is uh, the category that we could talk about forever. Uh, was... But this is not the time yet. <laughs> We really yes. tried to narrow it down. So what I definitely would like to mention, it's it's my time to come back to Amundsen again. So after uh, a very strong representation in IPAs, uh, they are uh, producing the super famous series called Dessert in a Can, which I think anyone who is even slightly interested in beers, even if stouts are not your thing, uh, you have heard about that one. So just to name a few a uh, few examples from that series. It's pistachio cookie dough ice cream, uh, raspberry salted caramel cheesecake, pecan and maple uh, pie, Neapolitan ice cream, chocolate peanut butter caramel brownie, chocolate marshmallow. They are fantastic and they don't sound like a beer. They sound like the most luxurious dessert you can have as your final death wish. Like honestly, if, if you have completely rejected beer and every other category, it's fine. I accept it. But <laughs> if you are in a pub and you just had a burger and now you crave dessert, it's it's literally a liquid dessert. And uh, it's exactly what every description says. You're going to find it. It's magic. Amen. <laughs> uh, and uh, just... Let me uh, have those last two examples from Norway because you know how oh, there's much more. I love. Uh, I mean, yes, but now I'm going to move to another brewery uh, that is Lervik. We have already talked about their uh, Times 8. So I just wanted to mention that they have another fantastic stout, which is a toasted maple uh, stout. Again, this is very luxurious double pastry stout with maple syrup, vanilla, lots of dark roasted uh, toasty malt and touch of lactose for the finish. It is fantastic. So again, I will go for Norway if you are into stouts. They are very good with that. 
damn, have I tried this one? Because it sounds really convincing. I don't think so. Maybe it was the, during my Norwegian trip when I uh, right. tried it. But I'm yeah. sold. Oh, no, sorry. I was, I, I lied. You did try it at Bishop's Arms. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, there is, there is that. Okay, do you have anything? Of course you have something. I'm gonna go to, I had to restrict myself from pastry stouts and uh, go back to the basics of stout. One of the first stouts I learned about, uh, well, after Guinness, was St. Peter's Cream Stout. And this is our standard stout at our pub. It's nothing extravagant that, again, it doesn't strike you with different sweet flavors. It's very smooth and creamy and coffee-ish. It's light, I think it's 6%, no more than that. It's a beer that you can drink several uh, glasses of this. Uh, it's very satisfying, like, like Guinness, it, it, beha it behaves in the same way. And then another one, since we're into Guinness talk, uh, I wanna mention left hand brewing milk stout nitro. So it has, mm. it has nitro, which is, that gives this, uh, this uh, creaminess that, that is, enjoyable in every in every beer um, but it's a milk stout so it's sweeter it's a bit lighter in color yeah I, I really like milk stouts and I think it's a, it's a subcategory of stout that it's worth giving a try if other things feel too dark and heavy and uh, one more thing um, I would like to mention uh, from north coast from the US uh, old Rasputin uh, mm. I really like the name. I like the the creepy artwork. Like it has Rasputin right there in a circle. <laughs> um, Rasputin creepy? What do you mean, Demi? <laughs> such a nice guy. It's a very nice beer. It's nine percent. It's um, it's again coffeeish, creamish, a bit darker and and stronger. Again, no, no flavor really jumps out of this it's an overall nice combination any more examples yes. for you yes uh, i have one more because now since um, i think we got very excited so we jumped into those luxurious uh, pastry stouts but good that you came back to the basic reliable examples so um i thought of one as well uh, which could be yeti from great divide brewing company is it it's something that I tried very long time ago and then very recently and I was equally astonished how good this beer is again it is not aggressive in any way it's not too smoky it's not too sweet like it's it's just very well uh, balanced and something that it gives you this roastiness uh, some bit of chocolate coffee that's it like it's always something um it's something that it's always worth coming back for or to start with your uh, stout journey yeah exactly like it was the same for me when I, I had long breaks between every yeti and whenever i had it again i was again convinced that this is a very nice stout uh, one last uh, minute addition. I just, I just want to throw the name there. I'm not going to give any specific example, but uh, Wicked Weed makes really good stouts with complicated uh, flavors and combinations of ingredients. Again, it's from the US. And they experiment a lot, like similar to Amundsen and Levig, I would say. So you will find a lot of pastry stouts in, inspired by 
by desserts and treats. So I can even give one example from Wicked Wheat mm-hmm. uh, called uh, Dark Age. It's one of those um, uh, standard beers for them in the sense that it's uh, aged in uh, bourbon barrels, which I, for me, it's um, like a trademark for this brewery that so many beers that they make are uh, having uh, this significant flavor uh, from uh, bourbon or any other uh, hard liquor barrels. So yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, brewed with local honey and brown sugar. It's not going, it's not too intense in that sense that has some of the sweetness to balance uh, it all out. So if you are looking something uh, from Wicked Wheat after Demi's recommendation, maybe Dark Age, it's something for you. Super nice. And I promise one last example from uh, from that side, from Canada, Brasserie Dieu du Ciel. Um, oh, yes. Two names, Peche Mortel and Aphrodisiac. And I'm, I'm just going to stop there now. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I guess now we are moving on to a last example that we have agreed on, that we're going to finish with that. Omnipolo is one of those breweries that uh, you can trust and whenever they produce uh, a stout I'm always like yes I'm going to try it and I would like to recommend a pecan mud cake stout it's even incorporated in the standard offer available at the Swedish liquor stores and it's fantastically sweet and I don't even care that it's too sweet it has pecan nuts and it's like fantastic ones what I think about Omnipolo is, since we're taking it as a conclusion, is that I think uh, it's a very surprising and creative brewery. And we can find examples that fit every beer category. Like, we are, you're going to keep hearing Omnipolo products from us. Um, and maybe when you've uh, tried different things from these categories we mentioned, and you've kind of uh, made a map in your head of what is what, you can go to Omnipolo for, for fun experiments. They merge a lot of styles. Uh, like it can be a stout that is sour. It can be a sour that is dark, fruits, desserts. Everything comes together. Um, everything you can imagine. And Omnipolo is a bit like, uh, like the drug queen of beers. Like it, it's disguised. It can be, as I said, a stout dressed up as a sour. It can be uh, sparkly and colorful and with amazing foam. And sometimes it's gonna taste like it's not beer anymore. Like you're gonna say, this is not beer, this is a drink or a, or a juice. But if you're up for experimenting, uh, it's a very fun ride with Omnipolo. This is unbelievable that they are not sponsoring us yet. <laughs> After just what you said, <laughs> them or RuPaul Charles? I'm waiting for phone calls now. Ooh, girl, you got she Damn, I got poetic with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fantastic. Uh, so okay, we, uh, we, yes. Oh, I just wanted to wish people happy exploration. And uh, we mentioned so much here, and. Uh, 
maybe you took note of a few names we went through and we hope we've helped you in your exploration out there. Now we're gonna sign off and drink this beer that we cracked in the beginning. Uh, yes. So remember to check our social media. Uh, we have recently started also a Facebook page, uh, but always uh, Instagram is place to go when we are very active. So yeah, yeah. we're uh, gonna be we... also posting a lot of these examples that we we said here. Exactly. So let's go to let's go. chill. Enjoy yes. the so beers. Cheers. cheers. Yeah. Cheers.